This morning, as you may be aware, we are going to speak from Luke 24. It's probably one of my favourite passages. Um, and it's the road to Emmaus where Jesus meets the two disciples. Um, before we do that, though, one of the things about this whole passage is that when Jesus met them, he helped them to unload what they were carrying. And they were carrying lots of burdens, lots of weights, trauma, uh, situations that they had lived through, and especially the one that they'd just come from, which was watching or being close to the crucifixion of Jesus. So they were walking away from Jerusalem uh, to a place called Hot Springs, Emmaus, that's what it means, Hot Springs. They didn't realise they were walking towards hot springs. But they were walking away from Jerusalem because what they had experienced was too difficult for them to remain there. You know what this is like. All of you know what it's like when you've been in a difficult place and you just want to get out. Well, that's what they were doing. They were getting out. They were getting away. And they were weighted and burdened and everything else. And then Jesus came along and not from where he was because he was a resurrected man, a glorified resurrected man. So he had no problems, he had no issues, but he spoke to them at the place that they were, not the place that he was. And he helped them to unload all that they carried with them at that time. And of course, what happened is that they didn't really recognize him because this is what trauma does to you. A lot of the time, the perspective that you have, the way that you see things is actually molded uh, by what you have been through. So you don't see things in the right way. You're not able to perceive in the right way because you're reflecting the trauma that you're feeling onto everything that you're seeing as well. So they didn't recognize Jesus at all during that conversation, but they knew something was happening within their hearts. And I just want to say, guys, you had one song to go by, and all your songs were right on key this morning. Because I don't know if you noticed, but nearly every song was about opening our eyes, enlightening us, showing us something more. So it was right on. Beautiful, thank you. We're going to pray for you two as well afterwards. All right? Because unbeknown to all of you, uh, there and often the group um, are getting ready for all of this before you ever arrive and putting time and thought and prayers into it. And even when they're coming here, there's the enemy's trying to throw things at them to put them off, to... And then they look at some of your faces and see you scowling and think they don't like us. <laughs> they're not with us. They're not singing. They don't bless us. Honestly, all these things go through you when you're up here on this platform. You need to know it so that you can pray with them and pray for them and bless them and thank God for them because every week someone comes and begins to help us to, to praise the Lord. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm thanking you guys. Thank you now. Thank you, Ellie, and the rest of you that will pay Steve. <laughs> Verita, thank you. So anyway, back to Emmaus Road. So Jesus then, um, it says that they, after a long walk away from Jerusalem, 
Jesus sat down and broke bread with them. And it says that he gave them bread. And as they ate the bread, what was it that happened? Jesus vanished. So what was external became internal. What had just happened? Jesus had helped them to unburden themselves. He'd been on a journey. They just unburdened themselves. You have to get good at this, unburdening yourself. You all have to get good at it, unburdening yourself and giving it to Jesus. Jesus comes along right where you are and says, what is it? Tell me what's going on in your life. What is it that you need right now? What is happening for you? I want you. So Jesus draws out of you that which is in you. He knows what is in you, but he wants you to give it away. Because if you don't give it away, his presence cannot dwell in you fully. Because the house, which is your body, your temple, is filled with all sorts of wares and toils and past and present problems that just weigh you down. So Jesus comes along, just like he did at Emmaus, comes along and begins to say, what is it? Tell me all about it. I want to know what has happened. And they begin to unload. And then he breaks bread with them. And in the breaking of bread... He vanishes. Why? Because he wants them to know that no longer is he external, he's internal. What happens when you eat bread is that you don't just look at it. You know, like in Italy, I've said many times, they bring out the golden, the golden brown, beautiful, warm bread at lunchtime. I tell you, if it's old, it comes nowhere near the table. <laughs> and it may, be, it may be on a back shelf there, but it's, it's old. They don't eat it. Isn't this true, Ellie? It's beautiful, isn't it? New, fresh bread. You can smell it, fill in the room. You look at it, you think it's wonderful, but then you break it. And those beautiful golden brown bits fall off. And everyone starts talking about lunch. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, what do we do? We eat it. We eat it. When you eat it, you receive it. Well, that's what Jesus was saying. He said... You have to eat this. I don't just want you to look at it. I don't just want you to thank me for it. I don't just want you to go, oh, whoopee, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I want you to eat and drink of everything that you hear that is from me. Eat it. Drink it. Take it inside yourself so that I become a part of you. That's what we have to do with the word. That's why it's so important. Do you understand me? We don't just look at it, we have to eat it. And anyone, can I just tell you this now, anyone who comes in can eat of this. Anyone. Because this is a way of grace to Jesus. This is what he did for us. If you come in here and don't know Jesus, well, Jesus is going, I want to know you. Hey, I want you to drink and eat. Because this is for the forgiveness of your sins. It is for new life. It is for healing. It is for deliverance. I want you to eat it. I want you to take it to yourself because this is my life. So while I'm speaking today, what I would like you to do, if you would like to do this, okay, at any point, now do it sensitively, obviously, because, and this is good for everybody else as well, train yourselves, concentrate, focus. At any point that you feel, Jesus, you're speaking to me right now. You're giving me a word. You're speaking into my heart. At any point, I want you to come and take the bread and the wine. 
Now, come take it and sit back down and drink it in your own time. But I actually want you to do it as a faith move. Do you understand me? That you're actually going, I'm not just listening to this, I'm actually receiving this. And I want to show you, Lord, that I am receiving of your life. So that way, during the meeting, you can come and take and drink and eat. And anyone that doesn't want to do that, that's fine. During the meeting, it's fine. During this word, it's fine. Because we will make sure that everyone who wants to partake, partakes before the end of the service. So don't worry about it. Okay? Did everyone understand the instruction? Great. It's a beautiful thing. Look at that. Phil, Phil's already out. Praise the Lord. He's already talking. Thank you, Lord. So, there's so many beautiful things in this passage. So, I want to just say that sometimes it appears that life's so powerful, life is so powerful that we don't need to receive. It just kind of lands on us. Sometimes it can be like that. Sometimes you can walk in to the presence of life and not feel as though you have to do anything. But oftentimes it's not like that. Oftentimes you have to want to participate in life in order to receive it. You have to want to eat and drink in order to receive it. You understand me? Sometimes there can be big conferences and wonderful things that go on and we just feel this automatic life everywhere flowing and it's beautiful and we don't need to do anything. Lots of the time... You know, we used to see, especially in the early days, you know, people would be laid out on the carpet. But the problem was that in the morning, nothing had changed. They'd felt the power, they'd known the blessing of God, they'd known the presence of God, but nothing had actually changed inside. Why? Because it's possible to be in the presence of life and not receive life. It's possible to know his life. It's possible to know that presence and that blessing, that anointing, that makes you sure that it's possible to know all that, but not actually receive that into yourself. So he says, drink and eat. That's what the bread, that's why he's called the bread of the world, the bread of, the bread of life, because he wants us to eat. That's what bread is. So this is what we've got to know as well, that oftentimes in your most difficult moments, you, you realize that in your most difficult moments, that is when you actually open up because you need someone or something more than yourself. Much of the time, because we have a lot of things, we don't really open up to receive anything because we're quite independent and we've got everything and we don't need that. But when you have those difficult moments, when you go through those times that are like death times, it's at that point that life seems to meet you. Because you've opened up to a new place, you've opened up to a new moment. You remember Mary, Mary Magdalena, she, it says that she had to bow down and as she looked into the tomb, I often use this when we're, we, we're, we're doing funerals or something like that, but she, she looked down into the tomb and as she looked into the tomb, so she looked at death. There's something about that, isn't there, that sometimes we have to look at death, we have to identify with it. There's something about suffering and death that we have to identify with we look at it, but as we do so, it's like Jesus himself comes to meet us. And it says, as she looked into the tomb, God, God didn't say, no, Mary, I don't want you to look. He went, no, go ahead. 
I want you to look because that is a reality. It's a reality, but we are overcoming the reality. If you will look at it, if you will identify it, if you will journey in it with me, I will meet you as life. And it says as she peered into the tomb, what happened? Two angels she saw. So now she's looking at death and suffering, but it opens up to a whole new dimension. Well, that's what you need to know about your journey. Your journey may be weighty and it may be heavy and it may be difficult and all the rest of it because that is what life is. But as you journey with Jesus and you identify and bring it, he'll open up a whole new dimension of life. And that's what he wants to do. All the time, that's what he does. He goes from death to life, death to life. This is what he said to me a little, bit, a little while ago. He said, face to face, face to face, I give you grace and I make space for you to live again. Face to face, I give you grace and make space for you to live again and again. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I felt like he's saying, Paul, as you talk with me face to face, as we talk together about life that you live and I live with you, as we talk about it and you give it to me face to face, in this kind of communion, this, this way, I take from you the death that you were dying, but I give to you the life that I am living. It's a great exchange, isn't it? It's beautiful. So, this is called great expectations. If you wanted a name for it, it's great expectations. But unless you know something, you don't expect it. Isn't that true? Unless you know it, you don't really expect it. You don't know what to expect. What happens when life comes to meet you? That's what you need to know. What can happen when life comes to meet you? When Jesus comes to meet you, what can happen? If you don't know what can happen, then you're not ready for what can happen. You don't know about it. It says that the people of God are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not because of the devil. Not because of sin. Not because of transgressions. But they are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. That's what the Lord says. So if you don't know something, you can't receive it. So you've got to know it. So I'm going to tell you some things that happen when life comes to meet you. And when life comes to meet you, you can receive life. So if you hear something this morning and you go, that is life, I want that, then come, eat and drink. Eat and drink it. Take a hold of it. Go, Jesus, I need that. I want that in my life. Don't just be stable. Exercise the faith that God has given you and reach out and take it. So, the other side of it is, so on the one hand, we, we, we're giving away something that is hurting us, aren't we? We're giving away the things inside us that hurt us to Jesus. On the other side, we're giving away the wonderful life that we have to other people around us. So we're giving the things that destroy to Jesus, but we're giving the good things to everybody else around us. 
when, when you're doing that, you're giving yourself. And Jesus said, whoever wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Let him give up his own life in order to receive my life. Didn't he say that? So, so that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to deny the things that are destroying us, like deny them in the sense of giving them over to Jesus, but he also wants us to give away our life that is the good life to others around us. So no matter how you look at this thing, we're giving ourselves to another. That's what we're doing all the time. We're giving ourselves to another. On the one hand, the bad things. On the other hand, the good things. We're giving. That's the life of a Christian. That's what Jesus taught us to do. That's who we are. As we give away our life, Jesus gives us his life. That's beautiful, isn't it? What an exchange. It's a beautiful thing. So, let's, uh, let's look at this. The two disciples... They've been looking at Jesus, and not only the two disciples, but all the disciples have been looking at Jesus and seeing him crucified. They've gone through all this pain. This is real trauma. Do you understand me? This is, this is, like, this is like a traffic accident in slow motion. Really. Can, can you imagine being anywhere close to a crucifixion? I can't imagine it. But this is like a traffic accident in slow motion Going over in their minds again and again. Now, just think what's going over. Going over. This is Jesus, the Messiah. This is the anointed one. This is the man that was raising people from the dead, healing the sick, delivering those who had difficulties. They were looking at this man and all their dreams and all the hopes and all the destiny was dying in front of them. It wasn't just Jesus that was dying. The whole of their future was dying right in front of them. They couldn't. They could not understand what was going on, and it was too much. Inside, that is what's called a trauma. Bill was talking about trauma last week, if you were here. He's talking about trauma. And we all go through trauma. And now they're walking away. Death has come. But life is coming to meet them. Life's coming to meet them. And this is the thing. If you want life... He's going to take you through it all again. Now, what, what, what do I mean by that? He's going to, do you understand that Jesus came to them and he said, what things have happened? Well, Jesus knew he was the one that they happened to. But he went, what things have happened? Tell me what has happened in your life today. Tell me what's been going on because I have no idea. You tell me. He knew all about it, but he still wanted them to tell him. Do you understand me? So now... The returning in their mind to all that's happened. He's making them relive all that pain and grief again. But it's with a difference this time. Now they're not just going round and round in their mind. Now Jesus himself is there with them. When Jesus is with you, you can give him everything. And he is with you. Jesus is with you. Look at someone and say, Jesus is with me. Go on, look at someone and say it. He is with me. He is in me. So, so Jesus, Jesus is making them relive the terror and the pain and the grief of what they have just been through. But this time, as it comes out of them, Jesus is healing them. Because when he's with you and he's in you, 
If you will give it to him, he will heal you from that pain. But you have to do it in a proper way. I don't just mean you come up and go, oh, forgive me, sin. No, no, it's not enough. You have to properly give him it. Because if you don't properly give him it, you still wear it. It's like taking your clothes off. You, in order to put new clothes on, you've got to take the old ones off. So you've got to properly do this. And this is what Jesus was doing with the disciples on Emmaus Road. He was the master at this. So now they're giving him the old clothes. And as they give him the old clothes, he's able to dress them in new clothes. That's what happens. Because a lot of us have gone through things and we don't want to give it away because it's come such a part of us that we think it is us. Do you understand me? We've identified with the pain so much that we actually think that that's me. No, that's just the pain that you carry. That's just the grief that you carry. And that's just the, the picture that you carry. But God is about to reframe all that picture. He's about to reframe it all. So, this is what it says in verse 31 of Luke 24. It says, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So what happened when they took an ate? When they finally went, okay, give me the bread. Give me the life, I need it. What happened? It says that their eyes were opened. When Jesus comes to meet you, your eyes can be opened in a whole new way. That's a beautiful thing, because when your eyes are opened, you begin to see things that you never saw before. And we've been singing all morning, open my eyes, Lord. This is not just a song. Do you understand me? We're not just singing a song. We're making a declaration, Lord, open my eyes. And Jesus is going, I want you to know that when I come to meet you, I am opening your eyes. So you've got to receive it. You've got to go, thank you, Jesus, that you are opening my, my eyes. You are doing it right now. You're doing it. You have to say it. You have to make it yours. It's not for everybody else. It's for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're opening my eyes. And it says, and they knew him. Well, you know, the greatest thing that we all desire is to be known. You realize that. Everything in life is about you being known. You want someone to know you really who you are. You want someone to know you, who knows all about you, who accepts you and trusts you and loves you despite everything. That is the longing that you have in your heart. It's the longing that I have in my heart. To be known is to be loved and to be loved is to be known. And, and this is what happened. So Jesus opened their eyes and then it says they knew him. It's a beautiful word, that, that word. We haven't got time to go into it sufficiently. But it's a beautiful word. It's the deepest word that you could ever imagine. To know someone is a beautiful thing. And everyone longs to be known. So they knew him. They knew him. And this is what they said in verse 32. It says, and they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us. You see, what happens when Jesus comes along is we get fired up again. We don't get burnt up. We get fired up. We get fired up. Something happens when Jesus comes and meets us that he begins to fire us up again. 
inside. The word becomes life. You see, this word to me is not just a... You understand me? It's not just a word. It's not just some knowledge. It's not like information that I'm giving you. This is the word that I live by. This is my life. This is how I not only survive, it's how I overcome. It's how I do what I do because it's a word that has become my life. Because when I hear it, I want to drink it and I want to eat and I go, Jesus, you've opened my eyes. You've, you've lit me up again. You've fired me up. No matter what's going on, I'm not going to burn up. I'm going to be fired up because my heart burns inside me. So he fires us up and it says, listen to this. So they arose that very hour and returned to Jesus. They arose. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. What just happened? They were walking. Now get the picture. They're walking out of Jerusalem. They just feel dead. They feel like the future's gone. Not only has Jesus died, but all our, all our hopes, all our desires, the dreams that we have, we, we saw the kingdom coming. We thought we were going to be in Jerusalem and conquer as heroes. It's all just died. So they're walking away from Jerusalem, heads down, no more future, and Jesus comes to meet them. And now it says, they received bread and wine, took it to themselves, and now they're beginning to see something new. Something new is happening. They're getting fired up inside. They're seeing something new, and now strength, physical strength, begins to come to them. Proper physical strength. They've just walked nearly seven miles to Emmaus and they've got, they've got no thought of going back to Jerusalem. They're going to stay. They want to be far away from Jerusalem. But Jesus is with them and now he's in them and now they're feeling strength, physical strength into the bodies. Healing's coming into the bodies because they've taken it. Healing's coming. What is it that you need? Jesus Great expectations when life comes to meet us. Great expectations. If you don't know what to expect, you won't expect it. But if you know what to expect, you can expect it. Can you? Do you understand what I'm saying? So now strength returns to them. He renewed power. He renewed strength. Not only the ability to stand, but to walk. And even to run. That's what Jesus does when he makes you. He gives you this. This is what this life is that Jesus has given to us. And then it says this, and they returned. They arose and they returned. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. They're returning. Do they know what they're doing? They're returning to the place of death. They're returning to the, the very place that has just given them the greatest trauma that they're trying to escape. But Jesus has been with them and he's taken all the burden off them, all the weight of it off them and something's happened to the way that they see what now went on. That's what has to happen to you. The way that you see your past, you've got to see it in a different way because now they're seeing it in a different way. They're seeing it in a bigger picture. Now something's happened where they're understanding in the heart so they're arising and now they're returning. And this is the thing, Jesus gives you the ability to return to the very place that terrorized you and kept you in bondage and fear. 
He gives you all the ability that you need to return to that place and to look at it full in the face and know that you have overcome it. Because where death happened is where new life's going to flow out to all the world from. Amen. So this is what he gives you. He gives you this ability. When we're doing this today, this is not church as normal. This is life given to us. Everything that you have done this morning is about this. Jesus is going, look kids, I want to take it from you. I want, I want you to unload it from me. All I can do is ask. All I can do is try to draw it out of you. What is, what is it that's happened? What is it that's gone on? I want to take it from you. I want to take those heavy burdens. What is it that you were carrying? I want it. And when you give it to me, I'm going to give you my life in exchange. But you have to give me it. And then you have to receive my life. So it says, they rose up that very hour, returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together. What had happened in these hours of Jesus coming to meet all the disciples? What had happened? Reconciliation had happened. They were gathered together. They were all dispersed, ones and twos everywhere. No, no. Something had been happening in their hearts as they were meeting Jesus, and now they wanted to be together. He reconciled them together. He gathered them together. And now the two that were walking that way are now walking this way because we want to be reconciled. You know the Holy Ghost, he's a reconciler. Don't let anyone tell you anything different. Don't ever listen to the media that would tell you that we are separate and isolated. We are not. We are one. We are one. Not just here, but everything in the world is connected. I am connected you understand me? Everything's connected. We all live and breathe and have our very being because of God. You cannot say that you don't like those and you hate those and you're against those. and you're... No, we are one. And that's what Jesus came to do. He wanted to start it in this little group of 120 people. And then he knew it's going to grow and grow and grow until it goes all the way out from Jerusalem to all the ends of the earth and brings everyone together again. Don't let anyone tell you anything different because you believe in a lie if you do that. The Holy Ghost brings people together of every race, of every nation, of every colour, of every language, of every tribe. That is his will. There is no other will. There's no other will. It don't matter what you think. The only thing that matters is what he thinks. And that's what he wants to do. Reconcile us all. And this is what he was doing. So you can be reconciled. Who is it that you need to be reconciled to? Who is it that you need to be reconciled to? Who is it that you have not forgiven? Of course, it doesn't mean to say that you trust everybody. So... When you go back, when you return to Jerusalem, what is it that happens? What is it that happens? You're not going to return to live there. You're not going to live there in the same way that you lived before. You were going to be ready to move on. But you have to reevaluate. So you return to do these things. You turn to reevaluate and you turn to reestablish. So that you're not afraid anymore. Do you understand me? You can't be afraid. You can't be terrorized by the things that happened in your Jerusalem. 
Because Jesus is using that place as a moment for life. That's what he does. So you have to reevaluate, reestablish, and then you're getting ready for something else. But you can't be frightened all your life. You can't be terrorized all your life. He redeems it all. That's what he does. He's called the great redeemer. He's going to redeem everything for you and me. He's going to redeem it all, everything. The things that you understand, the things that you don't understand, he's going to redeem it all. It's beautiful. So they returned, they were reconciled. And this is what he said. It says in verse 34 and 35, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they're told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. So now, the recounting what has happened, the retelling what has happened, the remembering what has happened, but it's not with this anymore. Do you understand me? Because there's some things that you try to recount and retell and you just know there's still fear in it. There's still terror in it. You still feel it inside yourself. For years I felt that. For years I could smell a smell or see something and I'd, I'd return to the same place in fear. But I kept bringing it to Jesus. I kept giving him it all. As I could give him it all. You understand me? I couldn't give him everything at the first. I couldn't give him everything. I had to give him things as he enabled me to give them. So, and, and this is what he says. The Lord. So now the sharing about everything that just happened on this road. And what they shared there is about everything that happened before this road. Do you understand me? So they're sharing everything. Now there's no fear. Now there's no terror in it. Now they're in a whole new place because Jesus is redeeming it all. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Isn't it fantastic? You see, because what he'd done is he's reframed their picture. He'd reframed it. He'd got hold of what they'd been through and now he put it in a bigger picture. He put it in a much bigger picture. And he went, don't you know that I had to go through all these things? Don't you know that life comes out of death? Don't you know that life comes from suffering? Don't you understand that every time that you look into the tomb is a moment for life to come to you? Don't you understand that every time that you went through a difficult situation, the tomb, I've got a moment to be able to redeem it and make it beautiful in a much bigger picture. That's what he was doing. He was reframing the whole of their thought. Beautiful. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. Peace. Now you have to receive it, you see. Not only do you have to expect it, but you have to receive it. You have to go, Jesus, can you really do that? If you did it for them, you can do it for me, surely. If you did it for them that looked at the death, that went through the crucifixion, that had all the future torn out of the hands, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. You can do it for me. And you want to do it because I'm reading it right now. I didn't make this story up. He made this story. He created this story and went, hey, this is your story. You can have this. The same that I did for them is the same that I want to do for you. So he said, now peace to you, peace. 
You may not understand everything, but I am giving you my peace that goes beyond your understanding. And you go, no, no, I want to understand. I want to comprehend everything. No, listen, you are not ready to comprehend everything. You can't possibly comprehend everything because you don't yet see as fully as he sees. But you are seeing more. You are hearing more. You are getting more. Do you understand me? You'll understand it more and more as you go on. And you'll begin to understand, Lord, even the things that seemed absolutely... Do you realize some of the stuff that I went through? God has taken me back to those places, sat with many people. There was a time that I'd never be able to revisit those places There were a time that I felt the fear, I smelt the fear, I saw the fear, it was all there. But now, I can sit and talk with any of you about any of those things because he took me back to Jerusalem. And then he said, we're going to go out from here, Paul, because I redeem everything for you. I take the fear out of it. You're going to see again. Beautiful. So peace to you, Jesus himself was stood with them. Beautiful. As they said these things, as they repeated and retold and returned, with Jesus there, he did something new. And Jesus is here in you. Right now. Right now. Full of peace. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. That's amazing, isn't it? So what's Jesus? Jesus is a man. Jesus was born as a child and grew into a man. Jesus is the image of God as a man. As a man. Do you understand that? He's a man. And now he's returned to him as a man. He's a glorified man. He, Jesus is known as the second Adam. But when God saw Jesus, he went, that is what I see when I look at all of you. Listen to me again. What Jesus did for you, you do not yet realize. But Jesus came to make you into his own image. Jesus stood in front of them and said, touch and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. Well, the Father is making you like Jesus. Isn't he? You as a man, as a woman, are here to learn to live life. That is why you are here. You are here to learn to live like Jesus lived. The father looked at Jesus and went, you know what? Everything that Jesus has done, it's for you and you can become like him. And indeed, one day you will be like him. Jesus is not some spirit on a cloud. Jesus is not some imagery friend. You understand me? He's not a little... He's a man who's been glorified. And that was the intention in the whole of God's plan. So what are you going to be? What are you going to be? You are going to be you. Flesh and bone. Glorified. And you are going to have overcome everything. Everything. There's nothing that's not going to be under your feet. 
Just like there's nothing that's not under the feet of Jesus. Huh? It don't matter. Listen to me, of course it matters. It's when we have problems, when we have pain, of course it matters. But listen, there's going to come a day when you won't feel those things. When you will live as a man and a woman and be fully restored into the image that you were meant to be. That day is approaching for all of us. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to fear. Jesus said, it's me. Look, flesh and bone, it's me. I'm glorified, but I'm talking to you right now. I'm eating with you right now. I'm full of peace right now. We're able to have this conversation right now. Do you understand me? This was the whole purpose of God. We were somewhere, we're up in the clouds. Yeah, well, get out of the clouds and begin to live on the earth like Jesus. Get out of the clouds. Begin to live like Jesus. We can have this life. You can have this life. So, he wants to restore us into that image, the full image. And then it says, but while they, were, while they still did not believe for joy, and what happens when Jesus comes to meet you? He comes to give you joy. He comes to give you joy. Not, not, not the kind of worldly stuff. Joy, deep joy. That you know, that you know, that you know that there's something else. He comes to bring you joy and he comes that you might marvel. That you might marvel at what he can do and who he is. And then he said, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate in their presence. Jesus was a glorified man. He was a restored man. He'd been, he'd been, he'd suffered, truly suffered. He had the prince in his hands. He had a, a sword that went into his side, a spear that went in his side. His feet had got holes in from the nails. Jesus suffered mentally. He suffered physically. He suffered in every way. But Jesus stood and went, hey, I am now restored completely. I am flesh and bone, and the glory of God is completely inside me. And I carry joy, I carry peace, and I can eat. I can eat. When Jesus comes to meet you, natural appetites return again. Natural appetites. You can believe for natural appetites to return again. Even though Jesus was an invisible supernatural, he was also naturally visible. And doing everything that we can do. And all of this was a picture of what God wants to do for you. When he meets you, this can be yours. Is the people that don't eat properly? Are the people that have got difficulties eating? I'll tell you now, Jesus, when he meets you, he brings back the desire for natural appetite. To eat. To drink. And you have to start here. You understand me? You have to start here. You have to eat and drink of what he's done. And then it says this. Verse 45, And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. When Jesus meets you, the facility of your mind opens up again. When Jesus meets you, he can do something in your mind that is beyond what you thought possible. Mental problems, he can open up the facility of our mind 
and begin to put those things right. Jesus is full of healing and hope. This is what happens when Jesus meets us. And it's a beautiful thing. Can, can you just put those, I think I put a list, didn't I? I wrote a list somewhere. Could you just put that? Because this is what happens when Jesus, when life comes to meet you, and this is what you can expect. The, the, the long one that I sent to Matt, it just, this is, these are the things that happen. Have you not got it? Did it? Oh, uh, okay, yeah, there, there we go. That's it. So these are the things that can happen. So, so this is knowledge. I've just fed you with knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This is knowledge. This is knowledge for you of what can happen when Jesus meets with you. To be enlightened. You can be enlightened. You can be known and begin to know. That's what happens. That's what we all long for. To be fired up but not be burnt up. You want to be fired up, don't you? You want to be inspired. You want, you want to know that fire again. Huh? That the mystery of his life in us, the incarnated Christ, becomes a reality because that's what happens when you eat and you drink. You take it to yourself and the life lives in you. That's the incarnational life, the mystery of God in you. He lives in you. To know resurrection power, the ability not only to stand, not to send, but to stand, but to walk and to run, to be strengthened bodily. You can expect it. That's what Jesus does. He wants to do it. To be able to return to the place that held us captive and yet walk away freely. To return, to reevaluate, to reestablish, and then to move on. That's, that's the only reason you return. You're not returning to replay the horror. You're returning because you're going to go from there. Death becomes life. To, th- to see things in a greater picture, to have things reframed, to have peace. Is it a little bit more? To no restoration. This is what happened in these verses. Isn't it incredible? To no restoration. To have joy and to marvel. To find the desire to eat and drink again. To live again. To see the supernatural becoming natural and the invisible visible. To comprehend new ways. When Jesus comes to meet you, he gives all these things to you. The question is, do you want them? Do you want to receive them? Do you understand me? And of course, I know, you're tired now. I've been going on for a long time and you get tired. But listen, if we want these things, we have got to begin to go, Lord Jesus, I want this. I am desperate for it. I am going to pursue it until I get it, till it lives in me. You understand me? This is not church like normal. We're not doing any of that anymore. It's all finished. This is a whole new time. If you haven't realized it yet, then you you need to begin to realize it because this ain't what's normal. We are going to move on into life. Into life and we're going to live it and we're going to give it. We're not going to be hung up in Jerusalem. You know what happened in Jerusalem? He blessed them all and he said, all right, boys, girls, this is what we're going to do. You will go from Jerusalem, from the place of death, you will go and you will give my life to every nation everywhere. And this message that I have given to you, you will take this very same message everywhere over the earth. Because this is the only message in the world that will transform people. There is no other message. This is it. And you've got it. And you've got to see this inside your own life right now. So I'm going to pray. 
If anyone's not, well, actually, we, we, we were going to wait for the kids, weren't we? Can someone get the kids so the kids can take communion as well? But would you like to stand? I just want to pray for all of you. I know, I know, I know there's trauma in the house. I know there's things that have happened in the past. But I'll tell you, he's going he's gonna to give you the ability to go back to Jerusalem to be healed and to move on. Father, we just pray right now, Father. I want to thank you for this word, Lord. And I know it's long-winded, Father, and I've, used, I've, I've given lots of things, Father. But I just want to ask, Father, that by your Spirit inside us, Lord, that you would have spoken, Jesus, that you would have spoken to everyone in this room, Lord, and Father, I say in the name of Jesus, Lord, that our past, Lord, our past and our present, Lord, and the problems that have been seated from the past and the present, Lord, the Jerusalems that we have had, Father, the deaths that we have had a look at, Father, Lord, that we will look at it, we will identify it, but Father, that you will unload our burdens, Father. As we give them to you, Father. And I ask, Father, that you would give us enlightenment to know that this is not just a word, Lord. But this is a way to live, Father. That we could give our burdens and our weights and our memories and all the pain, Father, of the past, the present, Father. That we would actually give it to you, Father. And that you, Jesus, would take it. And in exchange, Father, we would have life in this house, Lord. This body in which we live in, Father. First of all, our own physical body, Father. Into our soul, Lord. Into our mind, Father. In our emotions, Jesus. Father, that you would begin to reframe our picture, Father. And bring an enlightenment like we've never had before, Lord. And that our Jerusalem, Lord, would be the beginning of a new powerful move in the different parts of the world father every part that we are in father lord we want to thank you we bless you and we thank you and we thank you lord that you are the bread of heaven lord that you are the wine of love lord that your wine is the wine of love and your flesh lord is life to us is life to us, Lord. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we have taken that, Lord, that it becomes what I have outlined, Lord, that we expect it to become that in us, Father. And Lord, as the children come to join us, Father, we just ask as well, Father, that your life would fill them, Father. Fill them, Lord. Fill them with your goodness, Father. And all our dear sisters, brothers, if you, want to, if you want to come and you've not yet taken, please come and take the bread, the wine, the life and the love of Jesus. Amen? The life and the love of Jesus. Lord, we take it and we eat it. We drink it, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord. So blessed, Lord, because of your life. Thank you, Jesus.